do keep that uh, open if you've been following it um, all the other readings as well. Uh, one of the things we always ask uh, our boys on Christmas morning, even though I know it's not Christmas yet, um, uh, we're not there, but, uh, but I'm in Christmas spirits because it's Advent already. Um, but one of the questions we always ask our boys on Christmas morning, even though they're now 18 and 15, is, as he be, as he be, referring, of course, to Father Christmas and whether he's left any gifts for them. The certainty for us as Christians, of course, in our readings this morning, is that he has been, referring not to a mythical gift bearer, but to the Son of God himself. He has been. He's visited us in the person of Jesus to teach us about his kingdom, to show us the way to love and the way to live. But our readings are less concerned with that fact, the fact that he's been, and more concerned with the fact that he is coming again. We can be sure of that. We can, in fact, be in no doubt this morning from all of our readings uh, that Jesus is coming back. But if I said to you, uh, you were in your house, and I said to you, they're coming, what kind of emotion would stir up inside of you? The, the thought of someone arriving to your house. Maybe it will be the Posada as it uh, sets, starts its journey uh, this morning with Di and Pete and then gets passed around from family to family. Or maybe it's uh, people who've just come to visit you uh, for a family meal. Or maybe you're anticipating family coming at Christmas time. I hope you don't mind me just using one more uh, illustration from the film Downton Abbey. Uh, I will try and put this to bed uh, in the new year. Um, but in the film, the house receive, of course, this exciting news that the king himself is coming to stay at Downton. But with a storyline like that, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't let me get away with not using uh, that particular storyline, I'm sure, particularly in the run-up to Christmas. The king is coming. Anyway, in the film Downton Abbey, there are various reactions to the fact that the king is coming to stay. Some are very excited about meeting royalty. Some are afraid that they will get something wrong in the whole run-up. Some are very proud at being chosen, that this is the chosen destination fit for royalty. But then, of course, as the story develops, anger starts to set in as the royal household uh, starts to take over the Downton household. And that plays out in the film, if you've seen it. If you, won't, if you haven't, I won't spoil it for you. But how we react to the arrival of someone coming to our house, whether it's royalty or whether it's someone we know well, has a lot to do with how we perceive our relationship with that person and why they're coming to visit. So if it's someone we know well and someone we love, we'll no doubt be excited at their arrival. We'll be less anxious about getting the house prepared and the house ready. If it's someone perhaps we know less well, then we may fear how the meeting will go, what judgments they'll make of you, what they'll think of you and your house. And so it's the same with the coming of Christ. How we relate to him now has a lot to do with how we receive him again. So in our readings on this first Sunday of Advent, we're not taken to the stable or the manger. That will come. We're not taken to any part of the Christmas story, in fact. We're taken instead to the end of time, when Christ will return again. It's a bit of a follow-on, if you like, from last week. If you were here last week, we celebrated Christ the King. So we were reminded that Jesus last week was the King of the Universe. That's the climax of our liturgical year. And our new year, liturgical year, starts today with a reminder that this king will come again. And how we react to him, as I've said, 
will depend on how we relate to him now. And we need to know him now because our readings remind us that we don't know, we're not sure when he will return. So we need to get our house in order. But if I asked you what the gospel reading that I've just read was all about, you might easily say to me, well, Craig, that's your job to tell us what the gospel reading's all about, so just get on with it. If you weren't being rude, you might take a guess that it was about the second coming of Jesus. And this time, although you might not be being rude, you would be wrong, but maybe on a technicality. See, one writer I read this week commenting on this passage said this, This is not about the second coming of Christ. We call the second coming of Christ Easter. It's not the third coming either. Wherever two or three have gathered in Jesus' name since Easter, Jesus has come among them. So now this passage must be about the gazillionth coming. This coming, or Advent, we look forward to in this season, in a sense, is as mundane and as special as all of those other Advents have been. It's all of those other Advents, all comings of Christ, from the Incarnation up to this Sunday today, that inform us about what the final Advent really means. So what he's saying is that Christ has come again already. He rose from the dead at Easter, and then his promise is to be with his disciples all the time. But where two or three are gathered in his name, Jesus says, I'm present with them. So what we're talking about in this gospel reading is like the gazillionth, millionth, billionth time that Jesus will appear. And it will be special, but we need to be ready to receive him. So we look forward with Matthew to this gazillionth coming of Christ. We look forward with the entire church, the cloud of witnesses, past, present and future. Those who we sit with this morning, those who've gone before us in the faith. We look forward to that reign of justice when peace will finally come. We can look at the world around us, can't we? Even just this morning over the weekend and wonder to ourselves, has peace gone for good? Is justice a thing of the past or just a thing of the imagination? We wonder even if we dare to have any hope. But of course we do have hope. Even in the midst of the tragedy that happened this, this week in London. Because what we hope for is the vision that Isaiah gives us. The vision at the end of time that uh, Di read for us just a little while ago. Actually, this, that reading from Isaiah chapter 2 feels like the reading that we misplaced or felt like we misplaced at remembrance a few weeks ago. When we read, they will beat their plow- swords into plowshares. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. We're taking it into Isaiah's wonderful vision of peace, and it gives us hope. In this description of the coming uh, kingdom, the coming Christ, he's coming to judge the nations. It speaks of a time when people at last will lay down their arms. It speaks of people doing outlandish things for peace. I don't know whether you've seen the 26-foot-high sculpture uh, that an artist made out of knives, which is a tribute uh, to all those victims of knife crime that have been so many even just this year. It's made up of 100,000 knives and and is called Knife Angel. It's a beautiful uh, sculpture. It's made entirely from weapons that have either been confiscated or surrendered into the police. It was made at the British Ironworks Centre in Oswestry in Shropshire. And on each of the angel's wings 
uh, also made out of knives. Victims' families have had messages engraved there. Or another example, an inventor from Ethiopia who takes out burnt mortar shells and creates, of all things, coffee makers. Swords into plowshares becomes mortars into frappuccinos, if you like. In this unexpected hour when Christ will come, all manner of men and women and children like that that artist and that coffee maker have the capacity to envision the reign of Christ in ways that kindle real hope for the return of the departed son. In that unexpected hour, we meet Christ in all his creativity and radical, unreasonable hopefulness. Christ gives us hope when he returns because we know that he's coming. But of course, Matthew is at pains to tell us that no one knows when all this is happening. Not even the Son himself knows the time. But we are reminded in our Romans passage that the time is nearer now than when we first believed. Time is continuing to roll on and we're getting closer to that time when Christ will return. But can you imagine if that day was today? Can you imagine if this was the day that God had selected to send Christ again. If, as we gather around the table for communion in a moment, Jesus himself showed up next to us. Well, of course, in many ways he does, week after week. We believe that Christ is present here in our worship. But the question is, if he was here, if he really came back today, would you be ready to meet him? Would you want to meet him? I wonder what you're feeling right now when I ask that question. Are you anxious about the possibility that Christ could come? Are you proud? Nervous? Worried? Or are you full of joy that Jesus is on his way back? How we relate to him now will determine the answer to that question. So as our Advent begins today, let's prepare our hearts Let's prepare our minds, ready to meet him face to face. Let's be ready to see Christ this week in the least of our brothers and sisters. Let's be ready to see the face of Christ in the homeless person on the street asking for change or food. Let's be willing to meet Christ in the offerings we make to those in need. We need to be ready to see the face of Jesus in the one person in the world, or perhaps more than one person in the world, who drives us mad, makes us the most angry, has hurt us the most deeply. Because Jesus shows us that there is no one beyond his forgiveness, and therefore no one beyond our forgiveness. Let's be ready to meet Jesus in the most unexpected places. Be ready to greet him in a tense meeting we have at home or at work at the bedside of a beloved friend who's suffering or ill, or the person that we see every day over the morning paper. We need to be ready to meet Jesus. This is the unexpected hour. So the question is, are you ready? Amen.